Sofia Garcia Sanchez is a visual artist, a Mexican immigrant, and intersectional feminist, and the first in her family to claim a university education in the United States. Sofia utilizes spirituality as her own grounding tool and encourages others to reap the benefits that it brings. As a student of multimedia studies with a concentration in women and gender studies, Sofia utilizes media as a platform for social impact, encouraging the impact of the individual as well as global consciousness. Her new hip and trendy podcast, Muharista, is an intersectional progressive discourse, welcoming open conversation through education. This conversation is intended to reopen our minds to the possibilities of the future. This is Utopia. Welcome to the podcast, Sophia. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for holding this space to have this wonderful conversation. I'm really excited to be here. I want to start by saying that probably the main thing, the most important thing to say about my identity and what you just described me is that I am Mexican and that I am an immigrant. Why? Because of culture. There are beliefs that are different, mindsets, attitudes that vary from what is seen as the norm in the US. And while that is okay, and I understand it, that is definitely been a really big shaping factor in how I see the world and how I try to interact with people. Having said that, the podcast Mujerista is basically a name that includes the word feminist in Spanish, feminista, mujer is uh, in woman, and the X is in place of the E in the word mujer. That is because language very much shapes the way that we interact with people. In Spanish and in other Romance languages, the words that we use are gendered. They are either female or male. Through my feminist understandings, gender is a construct. And in being inclusive with non-binary people, persons, and LGBTQ members, I am trying to just normalize not using gender. So in using the X, it is saying, no, fuck your, fuck your labels, fuck your genders. I don't want it. I don't need it. I can be inclusive and a feminist and intersectional all at the same time through enriching that with my Mexican experience. Ta-da, here I am. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about like the power behind finding your voice? Why that's important for people? I'd return the question to you. How would you describe yourself? Ooh, you're flipping it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty outgoing. I'm definitely like very liberal leftist of some sort. I believe in like equity of all peoples, um, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift fan for sure. I love pop culture. I'm also an anthropologist, so I analyze and look at everything. Very cool. Yeah, Very how cool. much longer, how much do you want me to go? <laughs> I can, no, I, can I go love this. <laughs> so you're ready because you know who you are. And I'm sure that mm -hmm. hasn't come easy. I'm sure it was a process of finding out why you want to use these labels for yourself and what kind of communities make you feel safe and supported. If we want to look at how to solve the world, if we're looking at how to make things better, we can't start with such a big question. We have to think about ourselves first and how we're treating ourselves, how we're treating the people around us. But we can't do that if we don't know who we are. I also describe myself as a visual artist, a content creator. And the reason why that is, 
out of all the things I could have chosen to do, which could have been psychology or journalism or whatever, I chose media because I found that to be the best tool for convincing people, for getting people's attention. It was hard for me to try to have these conversations about social justice and people listen for two seconds and then tell me about what Kim Kardashian is doing. And I'm like, I don't care. I didn't get to that realization of why I wanted to use the media until I really went back into knowing myself. When I was younger, I remember being in the car, listening to music, thinking, you know, it's so cool, so cool to make music videos. I have it all visualized in my head. This would happen here. This girl would go like this, blah, 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 whatever. And I didn't really actually think that that could be a career. Of course, being through college, I went through that whole process of, damn, how do I get people's attention? Finally reaching the conclusion that media was my way. And this was not easy. This was literally me almost dropping out of college, moving 14,000 miles away from Florida to Chicago, realizing just how much art and culture influences me. So, you know, it was a process. But once I got to that conclusion of, okay, media is my tool, art is the way, creativity, community, that is me, I laughed because I was like, wow, seven-year-old me always knew that I was going to be creative. I was going to do art. The answers were always within me. Yes, yes. And it happens to all of us. We all get lost. So that's why I think it's important to first find yourself, love yourself. Did you ever see that vine of the naked guy that was like, accept yourself, love yourself. That's me every day to my friends and myself. Uh, no, I think it's very important because how are you supposed to, you know, have that impact on the world or, or anyone else? How can you fix anyone else until you truly know who you are and know what you stand for? Once you know that, you know, everything comes from that intention. It comes from that driving force within you of like, okay, this is, I'm being very intentional as to why I'm doing X, Y, and Z or why I'm getting this degree, you know? And, and I think that's that's something I have a conversation with some of my friends sometimes about, you know, why are we going to college? Like, what's the point of it? Is it just to be in debt? Is it a scam? You know, because <laughs> some people will tell you like, it, it's just a scam. But, but I view education totally different. You know, it's something that for me, my degree is, is improving my own life. I don't really care about money. As long as I can live <laughs> and make it, then like, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need to be in the 1%. It's amazing. And that sounds to me like you have found your sole purpose. Not S-O-L-E, but S-O-U-L. You know what you need in order to feel like a contributing member to society, happy without the reward of money. That's beautiful. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy for you too that Thank we're all you. on this, this self-discovery. So I think that this ties in a little bit to the conversation on spirituality and religion. And I think that that's something that people really identify with. You know, religion is something that people cling on to, to find themselves, to explore themselves. Um, but could you talk about the difference between what it means to be spiritual versus religious? Loosely. So I'm not a theologist. I didn't specialize in this. So I can only talk about my experience. And that's why I'm saying it's important to find your voice and who you are. I can't tell people what to do or who to be if I'm not doing that myself. More than defining the difference between religion and spirituality, I want to talk about my issues with religion. <laughs> Controversial from the gate. That's fine, right? The more I went and it studied religions, I found that my personal issue with religion was that same thing that we were talking about, the binary, the opposition, black and white. Life itself is not black and white, at least the religion that I 
grew up in Catholicism, hell, heaven, there are things that are right and things that are wrong. As I got older and I went into my teenage years, I got pretty depressed. And I could honestly say that I was in a pit. There was just no way out. And it sucked. I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know how to get out. And somehow in that pit of darkness, I thought, what about spirituality? What about meditation? What about yoga? What about all this hippy dippy shit <laughs> that people talk about? And I think it was probably because I read Eat, Pray, Love or something. I would say that's the beginning of my Buddhist journey. So the foundation wasn't, there are good things, there are bad things. You can be good or you can be bad. It was no matter what, you are good. No matter what, you deserve love. No matter what, there is light. This ties to colonization. I'll focus on the religious aspect of colonization. Native American communities before conquest had a lot more respect for anything outside of the binary. They were okay with androgynous gods. They were okay with queer gods. They were okay with queer people. And they called them two spirits. They looked at it as something to be honored. Their beliefs in between gods and humans and creation, it was, it was just all equal. Somewhere, somehow along the lines, colonization happened and all these beautiful concepts, beautiful ideas got washed away because someone needed to be better than the other. Someone needed to be put down. Someone needed to establish control. In this class that I took that was about mythology and religion and feminism and all these things, they were talking about that when there was the split in between God religions and goddess religions and good and bad and all the things, in order to make something bad, they needed to demonize it. A lot of the times the things that were demonized were the ones that were attributed with goddesses and they made them snakes and they made them monsters and they made them whatever. And I don't know. I just think it's important to question why we think some things are bad, especially in the name of religion, because that is, for a lot of people, the ruling way that they go through life. I, I completely agree. I think it's interesting to think about, you know, these like colonial legacies, if we want to call them that. When I went to college and I started becoming aware of myself in a different light than I had in my hometown and then interacting with all these different people and reading the literature I was it was just like overwhelming to some extent if you look and I think I think we should encourage everyone to think about these forces that that shape all of this stuff shape religion and how it is dominating in our world today and and I think we can even tie religion to like you know the rise of Trump and and everything like that, his whole MAGA movement. Um, oh, yeah. It's scary how closely, like, <laughs> tied to religion that is for me. Especially if you've never thought about this before. They're going to be like, whoa, why are you bashing my religion? Why are you bashing my culture? Why are you bashing my beliefs? I'm not. I'm just giving you alternative evidence that from the beginning, there was something else. And that these people that are different or evil or wrong in your head have always existed. These kinds of things have always been a thing. And we just have to wonder why they, like where in the point they stopped becoming okay. Yeah, and really ask why and, and who that benefits. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the religions, you know, at the core, they preach love, you know, and that when they preach love, that's that's good, love and acceptance. But But when you start to force this agenda onto somebody else or to a whole group of people that's when you we get into the dangerous territory that 
that we're really talking about here. I think we've talked a lot about religion. So <laughs> how do you meditate? Um, what's the benefits for you? Again, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. What do you think it is? Ooh, <laughs> hitting me with the hard question. <laughs> do you know about Meditation? You... Yeah, I do um, regularly meditate and I have a group that meets every Thursday. It's like a graduate student group and we like meditate over Zoom. It's pretty great. But yeah, meditation is really just this place for me to like, you know, slow down, to connect with like my being at the core and to just, you know, relax mm-hmm. and let let my body and my mind process all this crazy world that's going on right now. How did you start meditating? I think I started on an app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. It was like three or four years ago, probably. And my friend was like, oh my God, I just got this app and it's like amazing. It helps me fall asleep. And I was like, okay, it sounds kind of weird, but like I'm in. (laughs) So (laughs) I I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got that. And then, you know, it just became over the course of the three years, it's become something that I practice more regularly. And I've gotten to know the benefits of it more as I connect with more people who do meditate regularly. And, you know, I can sort of collectively form ideas around it that's awesome I'm really glad that you have seen the benefits (laughs) but to those that don't know what meditation is my experience and trying to suggest it has always been but I'm not religious I'm not spiritual and I'm like that's okay spiritual or not you can still meditate I'm not here to tell you what to believe I'm just trying to give you tools for yourself for you to be more in touch with yourself building a space for you to just think, but not think, (laughs) if that makes any sense. That's what I would say meditation is. We're not really our emotions. Our emotions are triggered by forces that are happening all around us, you know, and meditation is the space where you're just gonna chill and relax and let these thoughts come, you know, and that's one of the most important things I think that we stress in my meditation group is like, it's okay if you're not really listening to the guided meditation like you come in and you come out of it and that's that's the point of it you know you're gonna feel better once your brain has some time to like sort all of this information that you've been taking in constantly for however long it's been since you meditated before okay so now since we're headed into the um towards the end of the podcast I wanted to sort of talk about imagining this utopian world or this utopian society and how everything we talked about plays a role in in achieving this i have to figure out a who am i do i love myself yes perfect keep going do i love other people how can i do that well basically just don't don't take all the different beliefs that i've been fed through religion or media or whatever about who is good and who is bad because we are all just going through this human experience and trying our best. So try to refrain from judgment, which again, meditation could help you with that if you learn to do that for yourself. Okay, let's pretend this is the start of the podcast. Hi, my name is Sophia. My pronouns are she, her, but I don't really care if you use they, them. What are your pronouns? What is your name? That is normalizing everything outside the binary. I am telling you my story, I am being welcoming, but I'm getting lost in it. Basically, my ideal world is being connected with yourself enough to have the emotional capacity to be nice and accepting to everyone else. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. My thoughts, my initial thoughts were along the same line as yours, you know, self-acceptance really, once you truly accept yourself, beca- 
like starts to turn into like acceptance of so many other things, so many other people. And I think there's maybe it's important to note the difference between um, tolerance and acceptance, you know, and Mm. because I think so often in society, we, we think about, you know, yeah, they're free to do that, but just don't do it around me. You know, and that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a place where all of these, all of these different walks of life, all of these different identities are welcome at the table and they're cherished and celebrated. You know, if we can get there through this place where we're spreading self-acceptance through meditation, through exploring religion and spirituality, then maybe that's how we do it, you know? Um, but I think if we start, if we continue to see, you know, this like danger of religion that we were talking about earlier, where it was used to justify colonialism and justify othering people, that's where we get into a really scary place. And spreading empathy is hard, you know, and teaching people to be empathetic is harder. <laughs> I've had some conversations with people who I'm like, you just don't have any basic empathy. Like, who raised you? <laughs> you know, Are who you raised okay, you? Sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but it's hard for me as an empathetic person to sit there and like say that to somebody you know because I'm like oh man like I wish I could teach you but like I don't really know how um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you have any idea on that I love that you asked that and that you too also struggle with this because my questions were like all right how did we get here how did we get to such a hateful place and how can we move past it and also when I'm moving past it and in my personal day-to-day, am I trying to make the people with hate in their hearts understand? Or am I just trying to reconcile with the people that understand we have to be better and that are hurting? You know, who, who am I really catering to? I think both. But again, that's too hard of a task. Break it down, break it down, break it down. Go to you. If you radically accept yourself, I don't see how you could not wish the same for others. <laughs> it, it sounds very abstract I know but I try try meditation at me if you need tips like I don't know and I have one more thing to add I don't know where she went I'm taking this whole course on social change it just talks about a lot of theories on why social change happens how it has happened in the past and I'm like all right people like why is this not easy for everyone one thing or one theory is about ideologies and how ideologies can push forward social change, then there's something that says for social movements to be successful, for social change to happen, like these are the factors that have to exist, which I mean, who doesn't want to know that? Let's make this happen. For social movements to be successful, you have to persuade others that there's a problem, that there's an injustice that needs to be solved. If they don't see the problem, they're not going to solve it. Another one is the personal responsibility of individuals and their capability to affect change has to exist. If you do not believe that you'll have an impact, why would you why would you do anything? Why would you make yourself part of a cause? And that's why I'm saying you can't do that if you don't love yourself. You have to know that you're the shit. You are here for a reason. And whatever you want can and will happen if you want it to. If you just direct the energy there. So believe it. And then... You know, there's other things like making sure resources are available, blah, blah, blah. But the two most important ones that I found was let people know that it's a problem. Don't tolerate hateful actions, hateful whatever. Call it out, but don't call it out in hate. Call it out in love. What are you going through? I'm here if you need help. And I've just seen that a lot through Instagram influencers. 
in the LGBTQ community, I'm like, damn, love is love is love. Love is the answer. You're right. You're right. I love it. So that is my two cents on how we can change the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's um, important to think about like social movements that have happened all of these social movements that the ones that have been successful have always placed love and human value at the core. And I like what you said also, like teaching people that they are these active individuals of change. Like it is up to us, everyone to to have a part in this. And, and as long as you view yourself outside of that movement, like there's never going to be change that comes until we really teach people like, you know, we all have a place in the struggle. Like we all come together to to beat the man, you know? And if you could recommend a reading or two um, to the listener, um, just to sort of expand on what we've talked about, we can also link additional readings in the description below. Yes, link it. Okay, so if you are interested in finding out about meditation, spirituality, all those kinds of things and how you can use that to change the world, there's this book by Sharon Salzberg. It's called Real Change, Mindfulness to Heal Ourselves and the World. It's crazy that the title is so perfect, but that's, you know, the universe bringing me all the things that I need because I believe I can make the change. If you're interested in my lifestyle, my religion, Buddhism, there's this book that's very easy to read, super quick, conversational, really funny. It's called The Buddha Walks Into a Bar, quite literally like him walking into a bar. There's also... I think in order to create this understanding, welcoming place, you have to understand the differences in each person's life and why they are the way that they are. So if you're starting to get interested in intersectionality, but maybe you're not quite ready to do so because you think, well, why would I care about other people's struggles when I have mine? I think a great read is A Question of Class by I think it's Dorothy Allison. It's about this white woman living in poverty and seeing her own struggles, working on it, but also acknowledging that people of color are gonna struggle a lot harder than her just because there's systemic institutions working against them. Awesome, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation that we had and I look forward to sharing it with the world. Utopia is a lemon jerky production produced by Joshua McLean and Caleb Chrisley. The podcast is edited by Joshua McLean. The jingle was composed by LJ Garcia.